Welcome to the Weekly Sprawl. You are tuned into episode 113. Today we're going to talk about our winners and losers from week six of NFL action. And then we're going to talk about our biggest surprises and our biggest disappointments as we as we get close to uh, one-third of the way into the NFL season. Um, we will not be covering our games of the week for this next week because this next week, as Durgan so eloquently put it, is a historically bad week of football <laughs> in terms of matchups. There's just not that many exciting games across the board. Um, so we figured, why not take this time to look back at the season so far and uh, and talk about some things that we didn't see coming uh, and some things that were disappointing so far. So excited to dive into that. As per usual, my name is Cyrus, and I have my co-hosts here, Casey Sully and Matthew Durgan. How are you both doing? Doing well. Good to have you guys back. Uh, Tam High Hawks riding a win streak. Green Bay Packers riding a win streak. My fantasy teams never had a win streak to begin with. So <laughs> Can't ride something that doesn't exist, I guess, right? Yeah. Riding uh, a, a, a lost streak. There you Turning go. into the Jaguars. Going for 20 straight. Oh, jeez. Well, none of my teams played this week. Everyone had a bye. So I just got to sit down and enjoy football for once, which was weird. But I liked it. I liked this. So no complaints. Like you said, a third way through the year. Can't believe it, but things are uh, starting to heat up. Yeah, the the buys are weird this year too, man. I was looking at the the Eagles schedule just to kind of get a feel. Looking good, by the way. Pretty pretty good schedule moving forward. I'm optimistic. <laughs> but the their bye weeks in December, which is just strange to me. It just doesn't feel That's right. So but late. you know, yeah, it's super late, and I think it's the the extra long season kind of maybe pushed it back by like a week from where it would have normally mm-hmm. been. I don't, I don't really know, but it just doesn't feel normal. But yeah, we'll see how that impacts the season. But um, let's dive into our winners and losers of the week. And, and uh, there's some interesting ones in here. I'm excited to hear your guys' thoughts on them. But Durgan, we'll start with you. Give us your winner. Yeah, I, I, the first time I've ever have said anything positive about this team, and it's going to be the Las Vegas Raiders. And um, after the whole Gruden scandal... We didn't cover the Gruden scandal last week. Uh, quite frankly, John Gruden's a dumbass, so I don't really give a shit if he got fired or not. Like That whole thing is whatever. It is what it is. I mean, he's an idiot. He deserves the consequences for being stupid. Um, but somebody obviously had it out for him because they were doing a investigative report on Daniel Snyder, and somehow the Raiders coach got fired. So somebody obviously hated Gruden in the league office. Once again, don't really care that much. That being said, though, they beat the crap the Broncos on the road and most teams after a coach gets fired let go something happens you know, a lot of teams roll over and quit and they don't show up they see their seasons over but the Raiders played I think maybe their best one of their best games at first week one game was great but they, they played great on the road against a team that you know they're not great in the Broncos but they usually don't get blown out like this uh Derek Carr is second in the league in passing yards. I can't believe I'm saying that. His completion percentage is down, but he's stretching the field more. Henry Ruggs is quietly becoming a freaking stud. He's leading the team in receiving yards, not Darren Waller. He's leading the team in receiving yards, and he's on pace to get easily over 1,000 yards. Uh, It's kind of quietly becoming a really strong contributor for this team after last year, not doing too much, so good for him. Uh, But the real team, MVP of this team is Gus Bradley. This defense isn't outstanding, but they're playing way better than past years. Solomon Thomas looks like a completely new player. Max Crosby continues to be an underrated piece of that team. I mean, look at his numbers compared to Nick Bosa's. They're neck and neck. I think Nick Bosa's still better, but Max Crosby is playing out of his mind. So props to the Raiders. Uh, Their schedule, I think, is pretty easy coming up. So they have a chance to ride off some wins, and they're still in the thick, not only making the playoffs, but the AFC West. For sure. And I, I think the Raiders are obviously in a unique situation. Usually when a coach is fired, they're, it's a dumpster fire team. Mm-hmm. Like it's a, yeah. you know, you're, you're two and 10 and you're inheriting a, an already terrible team. And then you just continue to suck for the rest of the year. But the Raiders are actually pretty talented. So, uh, you know, unique situation there with the, the interim head coach, the special teams coordinator taking over. And, you know, usually the interim head coach has like, one or two games that they pull out of their butt and they look fantastic and all fired up and the head coach is gone and they, they play for the new guy and that's great. So uh, we'll we'll see if he can manufacture that a couple more times and, and get the Raiders going because I think they do have the talent to, to be hanging around. I don't know if they're a real Super Bowl threat, but I think they do have the talent to to make a little bit of noise in the playoffs or at least be in the conversation at the end of the year for fighting for a wild card or 
even winning the divi- the division, especially if uh, the Chiefs continue to falter and, and the Chargers can't close out games and, and put up some stinkers like they did this week against the, the Ravens. Yeah, totally. And, and shout out Derek Carr. He's having a really good year. I think, uh, I know Casey's always been high on Derek Carr, but there's always been some question marks around him. And is he, is he the guy, right, um, in Las Vegas? And I think he's he's kind of... Uh, He's putting people on notice this this season. He's playing really well. So uh, interesting to see, you know, the Raiders come out and play strong, and it's it's a good sign. Um, so we'll see how they fare in the AFC. Let's talk about your winner, Casey. What do you got? Yeah, I just mentioned them a little bit, but the, the Ravens, who just uh, blew out the Los Angeles Chargers, and they really made themselves into the team in the AFC North. I think a lot of people were writing them out. Uh, writing them off should i should say here uh seems like everyone else in that division has some major flaws and the the browns we thought when healthy would be fantastic and and they have showed signs of that but they ain't healthy right now they're they're going to be out without uh baker for thursday night uh probably without both their starting running backs uh, OBJ is hurt. Jarvis Landry is hurt, among uh, a number of other defenders. So they're having a tough time of it. Um, but the Ravens, who we thought might struggle with all their injuries, the the running backs and Marcus Peters, um, they've found ways to win. And you know Lamar Jackson has thrown for over 400 yards and come back against the Colts, and he's thrown for like 100 yards and just ran the offense and did what he needed to do, uh, like what they did on on Sunday against the Chargers. So. Uh, the Steelers aren't really a, a true threat. I don't feel like just too inconsistent on offense. Juju is gone. The offensive line is still subpar. Uh, the real threat might be, dare I say it, the Cincinnati Bengals, they are. who actually it's look true. like a legit team. They look mm-hmm. like yeah. a legit team. Their, their defense is playing well. The offensive line is playing better than expected. And maybe, maybe the Jamar Chase choice was the correct one. I mean, yeah. Quickly, want to touch on Chase first. I acquired him in fantasy, and thank God I did because he is going off. He looks like a freaking stud. If you look at um, you know, Joe Burrow's like passing charts, he's only throwing deep to Jamar Chase, and everybody else he's throwing short. Like he's averaging twenty yards a catch at this point, which is insane for any player, let alone a rookie. So I agree, the Bengals might be for real. Still can't coach, but they're for real. If I'm the biggest hater on the Raiders, the number two person or thing I'm the biggest hater on is Lamar Jackson. And <laughs> he's played great. And his numbers, passing-wise, I mean, he still isn't an elite passer. He's still a great runner. But I, I've always said he's had a great supporting cast around him. This year, he doesn't. Their defense is banged up. Uh, Rashad Bateman, their number one pick, oh, first-round pick, he was hurt until this week. Marquise Hollywood-Brown can't catch a cold. Yeah, he's still producing. So props to Lamar Jackson. He's already getting that propaganda from ESPN that he's going to win MVP this year. So don't be don't be surprised when that happens. It's already been pumped in. But they are the best team in the AFC North, uh, and I think by a decent margin. Like you said, because of the Browns being so banged up. I mean, their team on Thursday is going to be absolutely brutal to watch. Uh, but props to the Ravens and John Harbaugh, incredible coach. I mean, we, we've talked about this before about how good of a coach he is, but it doesn't make a difference. You know what kind of identity they have. He's adapting from you know defense to when they had Flacco, they were pass first. Now they're so run heavy, and now they're just finding ways to win and winning guys with or not superstars. Now Ronnie Stanley, left tackle, out for the season. That might be a huge impact on their offense, but at this point, can't knock them. Best record in the AFC. I'm very surprised to hear you uh, turn a new leaf here, Durgan, when it comes big, to Lamar Jackson and the Raiders big, or and the Ravens. Big J journalist, man. Big J journalist. Yeah. No, I love to see it. You, you know, it's it's great. But real quick, back to the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't care how good of a season Jamar Chase has. Penny Sewell was the right pick. I will die on that hill. Anyways, um, they are playing well. Good, good for Cincinnati. But um, the as far as the Ravens go, this team, you know, Lamar Jackson. I think it's time to drop the questions and and the the you know uh, criticism of him as a thrower. He's proving he can do everything and anything that you would need him to do. I, I've I was watching a video on ESPN the other day about there's no player in the league that has the goalpost moved on him more than Lamar Jackson. Meaning like well, like 
What are you going to say? You're going to Of course ESPN the propaganda machine is going to keep spinning that narrative. They love that. It's true though. It's true mm. though. Like no matter what he does, there's always this dumb criticism. It was even, you know, at the combine there were teams asking him to work out at running back like are you kidding me? Like I it, mean, it's that's also fair because he's like sixth in league in rushing. So that makes yeah, sense. but he's, you know, anyways, all I'm saying is uh, I don't know if there's any elite player in this league that's more unfairly criticized than uh, Lamar Jackson, but I digress. Um, I will talk about my winner for the week, and that is new Bears minority owner Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, who uh, at this, I mean, he was there. He's a winner because the Packers are on a roll. Like he didn't play spectacularly or have, you know, standout statistics or anything, but that one moment for me in the game where I think a Bears fan was like flipping him off with both hands and he just turns to him and he says, well, here, earmuffs, first of all, if you're if you're a child listening, <laughs> he said, all my fucking life, I own you. I still own you. I still own you. Into the stance, into the crowd. Epic moment. Uh, really cool. And, uh, you know, if you weren't an Aaron Rodgers fan before, I don't know how you can't be now, but... And he's not wrong about this. Like, if you if you look at the stats, he's five and twenty-two, or no, they're five and twenty-two against Rodgers. The Bears are, so he does own them. Um, but uh, yeah, and all, I mean, in all seriousness, this Packers team's on a roll. And um, after a huge dud in Game One, you know, I think they've kind of alleviated any concerns that the Chiefs has out there might have. But we'll see. The true test is kind of yet to come for them. There's a stretch in the schedule where. Uh, they'll face some pretty good teams. I think after Washington this coming week, they have Arizona, Kansas City, Seattle. Russell Wilson might be back by then. Um, Minnesota, which is maybe the easiest of the bunch, and then the Rams. So that'll be an interesting stretch. But they're uh, they're on a roll, so momentum might carry them through that. We'll see what happens. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, Packers five and one. That's a winning team. And also, yeah, they haven't played who, spectacularly, but they've done enough. A win is a win, you know? They're beating the teams they have to beat, so... They just signed somebody from the Texans, and I'm drawing a blank on their name. The pass rusher. Also, David Bakhtiari's coming back, just interjecting here. True. So that's a bigger deal than people realize, I think. Well, they... For sure. Also, there's not a pass rusher from the Texans whose name I'm completely drawing a blank on, and he's a good player. So, they're in good shape. Their defense is playing good. They do need to figure out... I mean, heaven forbid if Devontae Adams got hurt... Aaron Rodgers still do his thing, but they need to find a second receiver to like step up and you know, kind of be a complimentary piece because right now it's Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams carrying the load for this team. Of course, Aaron Rodgers, but they're a good team. I mean, the Bears, <laughs> they're hopeless until Aaron Rodgers retires or leaves, which might be sooner rather than later. So maybe their misery won't last forever, but uh, it's been a rough, what, 12 years for um, Bears fans going against Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, it has. Whitney Merciless is the, Merciless. the name I think you're, you're searching yes, for. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Good player. So, yeah, well, we uh, we need it. Zaria Smith might not be back this year. Preston Smith is hurt. So all we got is Rashawn Gary and some practice squad guys as edge rushers or outside linebackers in that defense. And the defense has been actually playing maybe even better than the offense. Mm-hmm. Um, offense has been a little bit a little bit streaky. It's been Devontae, like, like you were sort of saying, and Aaron Jones and and Aaron Rodgers and someone someone else needs to step up uh, to some degree to to take a little bit of the load off but hey if it works and you can fucking throw for 150 yards to Devontae every single time if it ain't broke don't fix it there you go yeah best receiver in the league what do you think I mean I'm biased I know so you're biased I'm staying from that but I think so for sure I'm not going yeah, that far but we, we I think I might agree we got, we got plenty of stuff to argue on later. So that, that's an off-season discussion. We'll, we'll, <laughs> fair, we'll, we'll circle fair. back to that. We'll circle back to that. Okay. Don't you worry. All right. Sounds good. Well, let's talk about losers then. Let's flip it to the other side here. Durgan, we'll start with you. Um, who do you got for this? I think I know, and I'm excited yep. to hear it. The uh, good old New York football giants. You know, and It's not so much this past week's loss. I mean, they got smoked by the Rams. No one expected them to win. But the current state of the team is very concerning. Uh, Dave Gettleman, GM, he appears to be on the way out, which would mean I think Joe Judge would be on the way out. Um, no, Saquon, he's a good player when he plays, but he's always hurt. And he's in his, what, third year now? So you got to start thinking about picking up his fifth-year option, which will be very expensive for a running back. And is he worth it? Talent-wise says yes. No, availability says no. They have tons of receivers they have signed and you know, acquired through the draft. They can't stay healthy. Daniel Jones, you know, he is playing, and he's shown, I mean, 
spurts of life this year that make him okay maybe he's not a total waste but overall he is not worth a six overall pick and he's not getting to that level where he should be at this point um the first thing they need to do is they need to fire jason garrett that guy is absolutely terrible their offensive scheme is awful so they have a lot to figure out um they're the worst team in a pretty bad division and i think there's another rebuild's on the way and it's been like that ever since you know about 2013 when they won the Super Bowl, maybe 2012, 2011, I don't know, time frame. But they're in bad shape. Um, and I think the rebuild's going to be even longer this time because they have to restart a quarterback. And when they restart a quarterback, you got to build off into line. So they're still, I think, two or three years away. Also, the emergence of the Cowboys, they're just pushing themselves even lower to the bottom. I picked them to win NFC West or NFC East. You're welcome, Cowboy fans. Every time I pick them, they do bad. Every time I pick, you know, whoever, whoever I picked to win NFC East is guaranteed to get last place, it seems like. So it's bad times all around in uh, New York for their football teams. I'm glad you mentioned it. I was going to call you out because I remember you were very adamant oh, about yeah. the Giants being the best team. And both Casey and I were like, what? Well, I, I said that the Cowboys were most talented, but they screwed me over back-to-back here, so I couldn't pick them. But I was high on the Giants, and that was just wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. Well, in your defense, I was high on the Washington football team, and they have uh, whatever defense, defense they had last year. God. Nope. <laughs> it ain't there this it's, year. It's not. Yeah. Agreed. I don't know what's going on with either of those teams. Bad. Uh, 100%. Uh, you know, I, I think the Giants, when healthy, have the ability to be competitive, but um, like you were saying, they they're, they just don't have the guys available, and, and uh, still, we, were, we talked numerous times during the offseason about uh, the, the pieces that they've had added, added, especially on offense, to to determine whether Daniel Jones is the guy. And now with all those guys hurt, I don't even know if you can really make the determination or not. Um, but I, I would wager that they probably go a different way, although this is a, a pretty bad quarterback class coming up. Uh, so maybe they do try to hold on to him for, for another year and, and see how things go. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't even know if Daniel Jones is the reason you're losing. Like when I watch these games... Um is he great? No. Could he be, you know, a game managing decent quarterback? Potentially. He's shown flashes. He had a 400 yard game. He can, he can run the ball surprisingly well too. Like he's deceptively, mm-hmm. deceptively fast. Um, so I, I, I'm not sure he's the, he's the root of the issue at this point. I think that it runs a little bit deeper. I'm, 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 you know, in the Dave Gettleman is like the worst GM in the league camp. So <laughs> if he's gone, that, I mean, that might be a huge win for the organization in general, I think. Uh, he's kind of got the old school mentality. Like if you've ever seen Moneyball, like those dudes sitting in the room talking yeah. about like who they're going to draft, like that's that reminds me of like Dave Gettleman. So um, I, I think honestly, you know, this team is a team that needs to be kind of brought into the 21st century a bit. And uh, that's kind of step one to, to getting there. So we'll see. I, I'm I'm not I'm thinking they'll hold on to him too. This is a bad uh, draft class for QBs and uh, unfortunate time for them to have a really high pick but they definitely need to do something so they will figure it out casey let's go to your loser though who do you got yeah i know durgan's the president of the sam darnold fan club but mm. uh fan clubs losing members here it was it was getting <laughs> some early on in the season and now uh it might just be durgan left left in that club no he's uh, so good so <laughs> uh it's not darnold himself but it's carolina as a whole they had a super strong start the defense was playing fantastic they were they were setting like historic records on defense especially their run defense uh and then the wheels kind of all fell off there uh darnold's back to his old tricks and turning the ball over and and just generally being below average and inconsistent which has sort of been his mo for most of his career um they had some big drops by their best players in this game uh, the defense collapsed at the end, despite uh, fantastic to Darnold's credit. They had like a 90-plus yard drive at the end of the end of regulation to go and score and tie it, and then get the extra point. Uh, and then, of course, Kirk Cousins leads a, a field goal drive, which they miss, and it goes to overtime. <laughs> but uh, the Vikings end up scoring on that first drive, and uh, that that was that for for Carolina. Um, but what was, has started as a very promising year is now trending in a pretty bad direction. And uh, not having CMC for a few weeks makes that even uh, more of a difficult hole to climb out of. Yeah, CMC, obviously, <clears throat> he's one of the best players in the league. And their offense, he opened things up so much because he's as good as a receiver as he's a passer. And his backup, Chuba Hubbard, is pure runner. 
He was never a receiver in Oklahoma State. He's a fast guy, but he's a one-trick pony. So Darnold, I mean, I, Darnold, I kid you not, made one of the best throws I've seen this season. Like a Brandon point in the game. It was all over Twitter. It was an incredible throw. But he didn't play great. He, he did not play back-to-back bad weeks. He'll get it figured out. He's a baller. I'm not worried about him. But I am worried about them not getting Robbie Anderson involved. They're kind of not reliant on DJ Moore for their offense, which isn't the smartest thing. Uh, their defense, they are getting Stephon Gilmore back this week, finally, from the Patriots. That'll be interesting to see what happens there. But they have to get back to not even, you know, the historically great defense, like you said earlier. They play good defense, and they have the guys. They have the pass rushers. They put a lot of draft capital into the defense. Guys are playing better. Luckily, in its division with the Falcons and Saints as the two other teams below the uh, Bucks, there's still a chance to get second place here. But they had to figure it out, figure it out quick. Uh, they had a chance to beat the Vikings, like you said. Uh, just got to play more complete football. Playing like a young team right now. Yeah, I mean, they're they're not just not getting Robbie Anderson involved. They're just only getting DJ Moore involved at this point. He has more yards this season than the next three guys on the depth chart. So combined, I should say. Um, so, I mean, sort of like that, that Packers syndrome, but he's not Devonte Adams. Um, so I, I don't, I don't know, man, I'm not high on the Carolina Panthers. I think they are much improved defensively. Sam Darnold to me regressed hard to the mean, you know, how I like to use that phrase, but like uh-huh. very hard, uh, went from a three and zero start to a three and three start aggressively. And I am not sold on this team and their longevity. Christian McCaffrey, I mean, we need, maybe need to be having the same conversation we're having about Saquon Barkley with, with uh, CMC. I mean, obviously, he's more of a unique talent, but similar situation. Like, he's not on the field regularly enough. Like, what do you do there? Um, so it'll be an interesting thing to see uh, play out. Uh, but the Carolina Panthers, in my opinion, are trending downwards, especially Sam Darnold. No offense, Durgan, to you and your love of him. But my loser of the week is the flip side of Casey's winner, and that is the Chargers. You guys took the good losers. I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> uh, so I picked the Chargers just because it was sort of a, a really bad one-time thing, I think. I don't, I'm don't. i not really concerned about them like long-term. I think Herbert's still a stud, and I think this team is, is going to do really well and um, make the playoffs. But I can't help but pick them for this absolute shit show against the Ravens. Um, it was a pretty pretty bad performance the team only put up six points in in, in this loss and herbert looked uncharacteristically inaccurate uh brandon staley went for it a few times on fourth down with with no luck um I, like i said i think the charges will be fine but this was a pretty bad showing and a, kind of a reminder to us that herbert is still a young qb that can and will make mistakes and brandon staley is still a first year head coach so there will be speed bumps along the way but this team i think is still looking good and shout out mike williams too so glad i drafted him in fantasy he's balling but otherwise, uh, yeah, I think loser for the week, still an overall winner, in my opinion. Every yeah, team... Oh, go, go, you got it. Go you ahead, got it. Okay, okay. Appreciate you. Appreciate <laughs> you. Well, every team in NFL has at least one just stinker game in their yeah. season. Even if they do win it, they don't show up. And the Chargers didn't show up. Um, they got really aggressive early to try to catch up, and they, they couldn't do it. Uh, Herbert... Yeah, he was a little bit off accuracy-wise. But also their kind of play calling was, hey, let's target Marlon Humphrey, the best secondary member of the Ravens. And as expected, that didn't work. So coaching, play-wise, not good. Um, they've had some injuries on their offensive line as well. Uh, so the Ravens have got a lot of pressure. But um, yeah, I'm still confident in this team. But anytime you play a team that's you know, as good as you are, if a, lot, a little better... You want to show up at least, and uh, they didn't show up. Yeah, I was just gonna sort of pile on to the the bad woes of the the Chargers. Two hundred eight yards of total offense. Herbert was pressured on thirty three of his forty two dropbacks, uh, and when he was pressured, he was averaging one point one yards per attempt. Uh, so not a formula for success there. Um, some some good individual performances from the Ravens on defense. Calais Campbell played really well. Patrick Queen Queen made a, a couple of couple plays justin houston made a couple plays marlon humphrey uh and then they threw in some blitzes too that that really gave the the charters some protection issues and and that's partly on herbert partly on eckler as well herbert had a, 
a particularly bad time uh, adjusting protections and, and fitting things to, to make sure things were blocked up. So he was under pressure a lot, and, and part of that was his own fault. But uh, I think more of a speed bump for the Chargers, and uh, we'll, we'll see if that's a, a formula that other teams try to copy, and, and obviously got to have the horses to do that. But um, I think when the, the Chargers are clicking and when Herbert's playing accurately and, and in rhythm, they're, they're a pretty tough team to stop. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely agree with that. Uh, let's go on to the next segment here. We're going to talk about our biggest surprises and our biggest disappointments so far as we uh, approach the uh, third mark. That doesn't sound as, as nice as quarter mark, but <laughs> the as, as we're a third of the way through the NFL season, let's look back and uh, and talk about our biggest surprise and disappointments. Durgan, we'll start with you. What has been the biggest surprise this season for you? Yeah, we've touched on this team a little bit today. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals, top 10 in rushing and in pass defense one of the very few teams to have that happen for them this year uh, that's probably the biggest surprise that their defense doesn't suck uh, we knew burrow if he can stay healthy he would be fine um, but their defense that has him four and two and ahead of the browns ahead of the steelers which no one thought would happen i think i had them winning four or five games this entire year so definitely proven me wrong uh, jamar chase i mentioned looked awful in the preseason he's fourth in the league in receiving like I mentioned, it's averaging 20.5 yards per reception. It's tough to do when you're you know, that high up in the league receiving yards uh, category. Um, also, Joe Mixon looks really good. He's fourth in the league in rushing. And if, you know, I'm not going to say the one if you north because that's obviously the Ravens or the Browns if they can figure it out and get healthy. But I think they can make the playoffs of the seventh team. Um, they're going to be in the hunt all year long. And they're coaching, I mentioned this earlier. Still not good. Zach Taylor, he was trending on Twitter, which was uh, I'm like, oh, this is good news for them because they're winning like you know, twenty one to seven. There was roasting him. Bengals fans were saying how basic his offensive play calling is. Went back, saw a little bit of the game in the first half, and the play calling is just like, okay, we're gonna throw the ball, you know, four or five yards, four or five yards, four or five yards. Okay, things break down. Jamar Chase is open deep. The guy figures something out. Let Joe Burrow play. Granted, he's not even able to talk during the week with his uh, voice rest with uh, he had a throat injury two weeks ago. But um, Bengals definitely is surprising me. Uh, it's good to see. They've been bad for a long time, like forever, actually. So glad to see them doing well. Joe Burrow, everyone loves Joe Burrow except for AFC North fans. So props to the Bengals, and I hope they can continue this uh, hot streak. Hey, don't be so quick to forget the 0-7 playoff record from Marvin oh. Lewis with the Bengals not too long ago. That was, you know, <laughs> early 2010s or so. Brutal. Uh, Brutal. But yeah, the, the Bengals are playing well, and they're, they're fun to watch. It's fun when more teams are competitive, especially teams that haven't been competitive for a while. Uh, so glad the Bengals are on the up and up a little bit and uh, getting things going. They, they've got some talent there for sure, and uh, it just all has to, to coalesce, and, and I think they're, they're starting to get closer for sure. Yeah, I mean, in general, it's good to see the AFC North just be a little bit more uh, up for grabs than in previous years. So, um, yeah, definitely exciting to see the Bengals do well. Casey, what about you? What's your biggest surprise so far? Yeah, I'm picking a whole division here, the oh. NFC West. It was supposed to be this this elite division and all four teams were going to go to the playoffs or something. And six weeks in, uh, there's a pretty clear pecking order here. And it's the Cardinals and the Rams, and then it's the 49ers and the Seahawks. And both the 49ers and Seahawks are already in three-game holes of the Rams and four games behind the Cardinals. Uh, that's tough to climb up uh, out of. Um, you're going to start to need to win those division games because I, I don't know that you're going to you know, just go on a on a run either of those teams with, with their current states at, at quarterback to to really catch those teams without beating them head to head and, and making some noise in the division. Uh, I definitely think the 49ers are more capable of doing that than the, the Seahawks at this point, but uh, I don't think they can claim any longer to be the best division in football. All right. Question one is what is the best division of football in your opinion? If it's not NFC West. Well, obviously the NFC North because the Packers are in there. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. Um, I think so. That's a good question. I, I think top to bottom, the most talent is probably in the AFC North. Um, just when the the 
take away the quarterback situation in Pittsburgh. They have a lot of skill skill guys that are really good, really good defense. Ravens are really good. Bengals are rising, and the the Browns are are also good when healthy. So I, I would I would say those guys, the the AFC North. I, mean, I, I, I might still, say that you go, oh, you go, okay. yeah, you go, you go, you go, because you're not. I might say, <laughs> I might say the AFC West. Honestly, mm-hmm. um, it's interesting we're picking the AFC. Not too long ago, the AFC was like the stepchild to the <laughs> NFC, but the sure, yeah, yeah, I mean, the Chargers, the Raiders are both playing pretty well. I think the Broncos are better than people think. Um, their defense is solid, and then they have some pretty good skill positions. It's just kind of you know teddy bridgewater and uh some mistakes there but and then the chiefs are are really i mean they're last in the division but you know mahomes is mahomes so i think from when you look at top to bottom um this is an interesting one the, the bottom two teams are three and three the top two teams are four and two i think it, it, it's really anyone's division at this point so well i yeah, i don't disagree with the fact that nfc west has been a disappointment because like i said it's supposed to be a high you know Every team is supposed to be a Super Bowl contender. And it looks like just two of them. Those two teams are two of the top five teams, for sure, in the league. Uh, Niners are, you know, the worst thing going on in my life right now. And I can't really you know, <laughs> escape them. But, I mean, I still think the NFC West, with Russell Wilson playing, is the best. Because Russell Wilson gives them a shot if he plays. Granted, that little dork who's practiced. Do you guys see that guy practice his huddling? Now he's injured. Yeah, that was it's cringy. That cringy. was the too corny, man. He he is the corniest guy. He's the like someone said he is the undercover cop at like a high school party, and goes like, "Hey, can I buy can I buy some drugs, kids?" Like he's just yeah, like, like he's yeah. he's a hey cornball. there, fellow kids. Yeah, how do you do, my fellow kids? He's yeah. just a cornball. But um, yeah, I mean the Seahawks are still disappointed because Jamal Adams is claims to be the best safety in the league, and he is absolutely terrible. Um, did you guys see? Are, speaking of Jamal Adams, real quick, did you see the play where the ball like went right to him and just hit him in the face? Off his face. And, <laughs> yeah. face. Yeah, that was the yeah, best. That was so good. He's the Jets won that trade big time, big time. But um, NFC wise, I mean, it's still early to tell. Um, the Niners are kind of the saving grace. I think the Seahawks will fall out of it without Russell Wilson. But we'll see what happens. Niners have a huge game this week. If they don't win this week. Yeah, well, key injuries, tank, really. I mean, I, I think I agree with you, Durgan. Like, there's some key injuries that have made this not the the best division. But if, if if you know, I, I know it's weird to say, but if Jimmy G didn't get hurt, uh, if Russell Wilson didn't get hurt, it could be we could be looking at a different uh, picture here. But, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I think I, I think there's still a shot there for all four teams to make the playoffs. Um, so we shall see. Uh, my biggest surprise is also my saddest surprise, and it is that the Cowboys, and more specifically Dak Prescott, are playing very well. And Dak Prescott looks like one of the best quarterbacks in the league this season, um, top five, if not even higher um, than that. So he, he's been balling out. You know, I expected him to be good, but he's playing really at an elite level, which I didn't necessarily expect coming off injury. So. Looks like Mike McCarthy gets to ride the coattails of another elite quarterback for a little while longer <laughs> and uh, keep his job, so good for him. But beyond Dak, though, I mean, the rest of the offenses look good, too. They're first in points per game, first in yards per game. C.D. Lamb is probably the best receiver on that team now, which is making that that draft pick look pretty good. Um, if he's not the best, he will be soon. Zeke is playing pretty well, like five yards per carry or around there. So, But I think the real story is also Trayvon Diggs has, mm-hmm. has almost turned around that defense entirely, like him and Micah Parsons are playing pretty well. Seven interceptions just just for Trayvon Diggs and two two of them uh, for touchdowns. That's wild, honestly. Like That's that's insane to see. Um He's leading the league by a pretty good margin, and he's—I mean, I'm sh- those it, those turnovers have impacted every single game in in a pretty dramatic way. So, um, yeah, the Cowboys' biggest surprise for me—you know—I always expect them to look good on paper and disappoint in game, which has been the theme there and the trend in general. There's still time for them to do that. I'm not saying it's impossible, but they've looked pretty damn good this season. Um, and you know, most people always say it's their division to lose. It really is this season, so they're kind of running away with it. Yeah, seven receptions in one season is a lot. Seven picks oh, in yeah. six games is absurd. And, you know, spoiler, next week, two weeks from now, I'm going to do a little, like, midseason awards breakdowns, and he's going to be the defensive player of the year. 
by a mile at this point. Um, I think he's the overwhelming favorite for that award in general, as long as he doesn't like go back to playing terrible, which you he, he no, he's never terrible. He's actually been pretty good since his rookie year last year. But two pick sixes, he had more touchdowns than his brother Stefan until Monday night. So that's pretty crazy itself right there. But Cowboys, Dak, hopefully he's healthy. That's still kind of a question mark with his calf. But as long as he stays healthy, this team had the chance to make a run. And um, I kind of hope they do just losing the playoffs because I love the Cowboys losing the playoffs. It's so fun. <laughs> so fun. Lose to the Packers in the playoffs would be even nicer. I don't know? care who it is, as long as anybody. As, as is tradition. Uh, but, yeah, the, the, the Cowboys look pretty good. And uh, despite McCarthy's best attempts to sabotage the clock management, he's turning into Ant- what Andy Reid was when he was in Philadelphia. Uh, taking timeouts with like 20 seconds left when you're going to take a last second field goal. So even if you make it, you don't get to return it and stuff like stupid stuff like that. And when you're not the offensive coordinator, you're not the defensive coordinator, you're not the special team. Like all you're supposed to be doing is managing the game on game days. (laughs) That stuff's got to be fixed. Like there's really no excuse to have those kind of issues when you're the head coach. And I know you're being pulled a lot of different ways, but on game day, you got to manage the game better than he has been the last few. Yeah, I give a ton of credit to Kellen Moore, too. Like, mm-hmm. I think he's going to be highly sought-after head coach candidate at some point. But um, And Dan Quinn, too, really yep. turning things around. So credit to the coordinators there in in, uh, in Dallas. Not, not a fan of Mike McCarthy, as you both know, so not going to give him any credit at all. But let's go on to the other side here and talk about our biggest disappointments so far in the uh, current season. So, Durgan, we'll start with you. What do you got? Another team that we talked about a little bit earlier today and is the Kansas City Chiefs at 3-3. Three and three. Uh, They might have the worst defense in the league. And they should have had the worst defense in the league. I mean, it's them or Washington, which if you told me that those two teams were going to be very bad defensively, I wouldn't believe you. Um, they still got Frank Clark. They got Chris Jones. They got Tyron Matthew. There's no reason why the Chiefs should be this bad defensively. Um, but this is what happens when you make unnecessary offensive draft picks and you don't have a defensive depth. Now, the Clyde Edwards-Elair draft pick looks pretty bad right now because you didn't need him. You you didn't need a first-round running back. You didn't need Mecole Hardman in the second round two, three years ago. You had enough receivers who can get open down the field. But this is what happens when you try to build around your quarterback, but just almost build too much. And... By building their skill guys, they abandon the defense and they abandon the offensive line. And the offensive line is also struggling. They tried to you know, acquire some guys via trade or free agency and draft. Not working out. You can't, you know, you need to build offensive linemen, I think, in the early parts of the draft, not in day three, my opinion. Um, and Mahomes, you know, as great as he is, 18 touchdown passes, he's also second most interceptions. And the only guy more than him is Zach Wilson. And I think he's tied with. Trevor Lawrence. So he's up there with those guys. Yeah, he's not getting any blame. He's getting so praised. I mean, he's part of that propaganda machine with Lamar and Tom Brady with ESPN. Just keep, oh, can't say anything bad about these guys. Gotta keep talking good about them. Also, they also got way too cute. Everything they try to do is now flashy instead of, you know, sticking with their bread and butter. Everything has to be style points. Style points gets nothing. Touchdowns are still worth six points. So they'll still make the playoffs because they're the best player in the league from Mahomes, and they'll figure it out. But they're not the AFC favorite, and they might not even be the second favorite. I think the Ravens are way better than them right now, and I can't believe I'm saying that. So they got to figure something out, um, get back to the basics, throw the ball short, then take a deep shot. Nothing this, you know, cute spins and a lot of stuff they try to do to get the likes on Twitter or whatnot. That's all Andy Reid wants. He wants the likes on Twitter. I mean, man. he wants his burgers, his cheeseburgers, and his likes on Twitter. Some of the stuff he does, I'm like, all right, man. Like, speaking of like the how, how do you do, fellow kids? Like, he's trying to be way too cool, like the cool grandpa. And it's like, all right, you're already a cool grandpa already, man. Keep wearing Hawaiian shirts in your free time. We'll like you that way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think a lot of this is tied to well, one, the defense could be the death of them, and then two, uh, Mahomes is just turning the ball over at a rate that. Well, I guess he's he's regressing to the mean, as Cyrus may say, because previously and in, in past seasons, he's had one of the higher interceptable pass rates mm-hmm. of anyone in the league. 
people were just dropping him. So he, he didn't actually get those those added to his stats. Uh, and now it's kind of catching up to him. But he's making dumb mistakes, too. He's, like, lollipopping stuff as he's being sacked and throwing it in the air mm-hmm. and trying to underhand stuff and, like, doing dumb things that he has gotten away with in the past, and now all of a sudden he's not. So um, maybe a little bit of hero ball, a little bit of buying into his, his own hype a little bit. Um, and, and thinking he can get away with those kind of things because he has in the past. And, um, you know, they, they just haven't been good enough on defense to overcome those issues. They're, they're no longer a team that can, you know, survive three turnovers and still have this a, a functioning defense that gets them, you know, enough opportunities to go and score and fix those issues on offense. So uh, they do have some some very real issues, especially on the defensive side of the ball, that, that really don't have a fix for, for this season. Um, so you just hope you can patchwork and survive and get that up to average and and rely on your offense but um it's a real problem for sure yeah i mean i think if you fix the turnover issues i'm not worried about this chiefs team really like yes the defense isn't great but uh if you stop throwing interceptions and making dumb dumb plays and if you stop fumbling the ball clyde edwards alaire then you know this team has a chance to be great so i'm not super worried but right now yeah they've played way worse than people i think would have expected at this point in the season um so what about you, Casey? Let's let's move on to, to another team that I have a feeling played way worse than people expected this season. Yeah, they're my fifteen and two Miami <laughs> Dolphins that I selected to get the, the number one seed before the season started, and here they are sitting at time. one and five. There's still time, but they already got more than two losses. That's and true. Yeah, they they looked pretty bad doing it too. Uh, so um you'd think year after year after seeing defenses and them not being sustainable uh, i think like one of the only defenses that really has sustained is probably like the steelers and the seahawks when the seahawks were at their peak for but that was still only like a three-year window where where that defense was was really humming but uh defense is not sustainable it doesn't transfer from year to year a lot of the time Uh, we're seeing that with miami we're seeing that with washington uh and it'll happen again for whatever hot defense is going on this year um but the the defense is is really not playing well in miami they've been missing xavian howard and byron jones at times um but the offense is not helping out either and and the offensive line especially is kind of a disaster and uh shame on me for picking a terrible offensive line to go 15 and 2 because that's just not a if you don't got the dudes up front it just makes life so hard and uh trading up for waddle looks worse and worse uh, not that he might not be a good player, but you're, you're sending what may end up being like a top five to seven pick to Philadelphia for uh, oh, trading yeah. up and, and going to get that guy. And that, you know, is he trade up that? six I, spots? I don't too. think so. From yeah. 12 to six. So uh, not a good call on their end. Um, they got some real, real issues on the offensive line. And, and we were texting earlier about them being rumored to go get Deshaun Watson. But mm-hmm. to me, that one, fuck Deshaun Watson. I'll, I'll say that out outright uh he shouldn't even be on the field he should be in a jail cell but if you're gonna go spend first round picks potentially on them and you already gave up one for waddle uh how are you gonna fix this terrible offensive line yeah you're you're not you're you're gonna be like hey this is our, our fantastic quarterback our great skill guys no running back no additions to the defense no offensive line this is what we got the next three four years let's let's roll with these you know bottom of the barrel offensive linemen and and do that so they're my big disappointment this year clearly i'm a little hurt and salty (laughs) i i liked them they've been sort of my favorite afc team to watch because they've always been you know little underdogs but uh they're not playing well man yeah few points you know first I guess we had temporary expectations of the Dolphins. Because remember two years ago, this team was dog shit. Like, they were bad. They were. And then yeah. that last year, they were just such overachievers. I think they're kind of back to where they should have been. It's just we were got too hyped up over it. Uh, secondly, the Sean Watson fits because he's a quarterback who's never had an offensive line, a running back, and succeeded. Off the field stuff. Yeah, not great. Not, not great. He might get suspended still. We don't really know. That whole situation is kind of weird of how he's just like not playing until you know, today, Wednesday. The first six weeks, just nobody talked about him and acted like he didn't even exist. Um, but besides the point, I think he'll be fine. And you almost kind of have to trade him now because if you don't, that's going to be a top six, seven pick that you're giving up. And they get the Niners pick this year, so they're not going you know pickless. But the Niners, they, that can be anywhere from 10 to 24. No idea. 
Um, and the last point I want to make is, you know, everyone wants to kind of crapple over Tua. I don't think he's been that bad. Just when you compare him to Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow, yeah, he's going to look terrible. But look at his rookie season last year. His rookie season last year, he would be playing better than any rookie this year, in my opinion. Maybe Max Jones, maybe, and he's even been very average. So you can't judge every quarterback the same based on their situation, what they're around them, their their rate level themselves. Uh, so I'm not ready to give up on Tua yet, uh, but it doesn't look like his future is in Miami. But if they do get Deshaun Watson, they become very interesting, not this year, but in the future. Well, okay. First of all, the rookies this year are playing pretty bad, so well, not it, the best measuring stick. But they're playing normal but, rookies, like normal rookies. Yeah, most rookies. No, suck. no, no, totally. Yeah. I, I think this team it's it's more deep rooted than that. I mean, if you look at kind of where they rank, just in in really every facet of the game, they're 29th in points per game, and then they're 30th in points against. So they're not scoring, and then they're allowing other teams to score. That's just a recipe for losing every single game. So. Uh, not sure what's going on. I mean, Will Fuller's barely played. He's not going to be playing. That was supposed to be an impact player. The defense is, is not uh, fully healthier, but it's, it still was supposed to be a lot better than it is, and they're playing horribly. Um, so I'm not sure what the answer is, but my opinion, if Tua is the is to blame, it's really it's merely just a scapegoat situation. He's he's not playing horribly like you mentioned Durgan. if you look at his last game he played pretty well i think compared to the rest of the team um but it's not you know just one guy out there so uh we'll see i don't know i was with you casey though i picked the dolphins to be pretty good this season and they've immensely let me down but to my satisfaction because like you mentioned the eagles have the dolphins pick <laughs> so i'm a little stoked here uh selfishly but that being said uh we can move on to my disappointment and I'm going to go with a team that I was super high on throughout the preseason and just probably, I mean, honestly, the past few years. But it is the Cleveland Browns, another sort of Chiefs situation where they're 3-3. Three and three, And in my opinion, they should be better. But like we discussed, a lot of injuries, a lot of issues there. And to be fair, their losses, except for one, which was this last week, were all pretty competitive and pretty close. They lost to the Chiefs 29 to 33, and then they lost to the Chargers in a, in a high scoring uh, matchup 42 to 47 that they should have won, I think. So, um, not sure what the fix is. Maybe there isn't one and they just need to play more. Uh, but I think they need to come out and make a statement against the Broncos, even if injured. It'll probably be a little closer because of that. But, you know, losing three in a row wouldn't be a good look for what a lot of people considered one of the best teams in the league coming into the season. Who would have thought, first of all, we'd be saying best team in the league and Browns in the same sentence like three <laughs> years ago. We would have been crazy, but um, we'll see. Their schedule is not terrible going forward, so they need to kind of, I think they need to go on a little bit of a win streak, in my opinion, here. They play Denver, they play Pittsburgh, they play Cincinnati, which might be the hardest of the bunch. They play New England, and then they play Detroit. If you can win four out of these five, I think you're kind of back in things and, you know, uh, making a statement, but... Uh, that what they do next is going to be really important for the rest of their season. Yeah, I think the question is, can they survive until they get their guys back? Yep. And uh, <clears throat> I don't know if they can, especially without Baker. You know, torn labrums don't just heal. Uh, yep. You're going to need surgery at some point, and he's going to deal with it all year, and that's going to be a thing. And uh, apparently the, the hit on uh, this last Sunday made it even worse. Um, so he's not playing on Thursday night, and if he's a guy that just can't practice all week and, and has to just show up on, on game day, and if that, um, I think they're they're going to struggle, especially without both Chubb and Hunt, and you take away some of those weapons outside. Uh, they're, they're, it's tough, man. It's, it's a team loaded with talent that, that may just not have the cards fall for them, for them this year, and uh, at a certain point, I mean, if you lose a couple more and, and Baker's super beat up, I'd almost think about shutting them down for the year. Yeah, I'm getting some Niner vibes from them from last year. Where Niner vibes. They have the talent, but <laughs> they keep getting hurt. Important guys are getting hurt. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, Baker Mayfield, I, I've been critical of him in the past, but he's a lot better than Case Keenum. And like you said, Torn labrums, you know, maybe like, like George Kittle tore his labrum and played play through it, but he's a tight end. If you're a quarterback with a torn labrum, you, you can't play through it. Uh, you can try, but it's not going to work. Uh, I'm kind of worried uh, about that, obviously. You said Chubb, 
Hunt, which is really the catalyst of their team. The receivers are hurt. They have to win these games, but I don't know if they can. And in the vision where it used to be okay, all we had to do was worry about the Ravens, you know, Steelers, yeah, but Bengals easy win. Bengals are not an easy win anymore. Talk about them. So I'm, I'm so optimistic because they can get healthy and turn the ship around. But let's say Baker miss, Baker misses, feel, misses like two months, a month and a half, a month. They're done. That's it. Shut it down. But we don't know yet. He's not going to get a surgery at this point. So there's still hope. But I expect them to lose on Thursday, actually, to the uh, Broncos. I think they probably will, too. But they really, I think, need... It might be actually a really interesting competitive game because of this. So <laughs> we'll see. But um, that's that's all we got here for our uh, disappointments and our surprises. Do you guys have any final thoughts on these before we wrap up the episode? No. Not so, some must-win games for some really good teams this early in the season. feels kind of weird, but there's, there's some teams that need that need some, some dubs. Team in San Francisco. Yep, yep, yep. It'll be an interesting week filled with terrible matchups that we are excited for. <laughs> um, but let's wrap things up there. This has been a weekly spot production, bringing you fresh football every single week. Thank you again for sticking with us. We really appreciate it. Before we head out, I want to give my co-hosts a chance to plug some of their content and uh we'll hear from them here casey what do you got coming up uh yeah i touched about it a, a little bit earlier but the the ravens defense and how they shut down the the chargers so uh, if you want to see how that happened and and what happened to the chargers and and how the the ravens did it you can check it out on youtube on on friday probably and on the website as well awesome excited for that Dergan, what about you man uh mock draft was dropped on tuesday i'll be doing a monthly mock draft from here until the actual draft so check those out and then next week i will be having some nfl predictions for the rest of the season sweet love it it's always draft season on the week at the weekly spot we love uh, we love our, our draft content um but yeah thanks again for for sticking with us for episode 113 we hope whatever else you get up to it is awesome and we'll catch you next week for episode 114